You obviously know Kung Fu. Hi, this is Cynthia Rothrock, martial artist and martial art actress. And you are listening to Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. Joining me tonight, someone who needs no introduction, martial artist, actress, the first lady of martial arts cinema, Cynthia Rothrock. Cynthia, thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy, busy schedule to talk with the Kung Fu Driving Podcast. Well, thank you for having me on. Like I said when uh, we first talked, it's an absolute honor to to have you on here. I- I've had a lot of guests on the show. Uh, to some, you are a colleague. To others, you are an inspiration. To none of them are you unknown. But I want to get uh, a deep dive into a little bit of your background. How did you get involved with martial arts in the first place? Well, I I started when I was a young girl, and uh, my friend's parents were studying Kung Sudo. They were orange belts, and I would watch them practice, and I was intrigued. Uh, Being a young age, I liked the belt and the uniform. So, um, you know, just from their look and from their movement, and I thought, wow, it's pretty cool. I was kind of always an out-of-the-box kid, so I thought this is an unusual thing to do, learn how to defend yourself with your hands and feet. You know, like it was totally, like, bizarre for me because I'd never seen any martial arts before prior to that. So uh, my mom signed me up at the Scranton Karate School. Scranton, Pennsylvania? Scranton, Pennsylvania. That's where I'm from. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. It's because I'm in New Jersey, so I'm familiar with the Scranton area. Yeah, neighbors, kind of. (laughs) Now, it was a different time back then, though. Did you experience a lot of pushback from people? And when I say people, I mean guys, (laughs) when you first stepped into a dojo. Uh, You know what? I did not. I mean, I think because I was uh, young, you know, that they kind of were like, ooh, this is cool. We need to get more women involved in in martial arts, you know. Um, But... I was the one that was a little bit more intimidated, you know, because I was, here I am, like, young girl, and all these, you know, all these guys are in the class shouting and, you know, doing the <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't do this. This isn't what I thought it was going to be, you know. And uh, I remember uh, uh, the second class, I didn't know anything, and my teacher had me spar, and the person hit me in the head, almost knocked me out with a roundhouse kick. I didn't know how to block it. I didn't even know what to do. I you know, stood there and got hit. And then my third class, uh, one of, someone came up to me and said, here, try to break this board with the front kick because you just learned it. And it was a half a board. It wasn't even a full board. So you know how hard that is to break, mm. right? And I totally right. broke my toe, and I was like, that's it. I'm not going back. But my mother made me. She said, no, you signed up for four months. You're going back. And then, you know, during that four months' time, I've learned to, you know, to uh, like the things that I was fearing. And once I overcame that, I, I started loving it. Wow. Four months. From four months, and you almost quit. <laughs> I, I did, you know. And uh, my mom, like I always tell her, I could always thank her, you know, for, for everything I've done because I would have quit, you know. And she said, no, you signed up four months. You know, you're going. And uh, one day the instructor was giving a speech on uh, quitters are losers, not winners. And I thought he was looking right at me. And he was saying, <laughs> you know, 
you're not good if you don't practice. And I didn't practice. And then I started practicing and I was like, oh, wait a minute. Now I got that move. Well, that wasn't that hard, you know. So then I just, uh, you know, I started learning the love push-ups, which we did tons of. (laughs) And I just changed my attitude, you know. And uh, at five and a half months, I was uh, orange belt one stripe. And I entered a competition, and at that time, it was just uh, um, uh, women, you know. So mm. you could have been a white belt, you could have been a black belt. It didn't matter. You were all in one division. And I took second place in it, and I black belt took first, black belt took third. And I thought, you know what, I could be good in this sport because, look at I just beat out a lot of black belt women. I've only been studying five and a half months. So that kind of uh, started my path on, you know, with a goal to be, uh, you know, uh, form and weapons champion. Yeah, that's really impressive, five and a half months to be uh, beating black belts. And you were not just a champion. You were a five-time world champion in forms and weapons from 81 to 85, and you hold seven black belts or sashes in several styles of martial arts. Uh, you were inducted into the Black Belt Magazine Hall of Fame as the Female Competitor of the Year. Were you ever characterized as an overachiever? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. I've never heard that. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, have you always been this driven to succeed and push yourself? You know what? Uh, I Once I received my Black Belt, or actually tested for my Black Belt, Things started changing for me, and, uh, you know, it was a hard path. It was a hard path in uh, competition. Then especially when I went into professional competition because I had to compete in weapons against the men because they didn't even have a women's division, you know. And um, I, I think that, you know, it just made me stronger, and it made me set goals. And and I also realized, you know, if you, you fail at something – it's okay, but you just get back up on the horse and keep going and going and going, and you just have that drive and that positive attitude that you will succeed. And I kind of learned that then, and it has stuck with me throughout my whole life. From competing and uh, beating black belts, how did that segue into acting? Uh, well, you know, when you said I was five-time world champion, that was five years in a row undefeated. Mm-hmm. So I must have competed over a hundred times. So I was undefeated almost a hundred times. Because sometimes wow. they say five times, people think, oh, you just competed five times. So this was a goal of mine is to do it five years in a row, like competing over a hundred times, undefeated, never losing. And uh, then I wanted to quit because I thought if I could do this, you know, uh, then I – uh, I can re- retire because I didn't think anybody really could beat that record. Wow. So uh, on my fifth year of, of going for my goal, uh, I went on a, an audition, and Corey Yoon was there, and they were looking for a guy. They were looking for actually someone to be the next Bruce Lee, and mm-hmm. he liked what I did, so they signed me up. And um, I was comp- I was working on set in Hong Kong, and then I fly to America, get there on Friday, compete on Saturday in Minneapolis, Sunday fly back me on the set Sunday night. So wow. I did that a couple times that year until I knew I was I won all the, the competitions and I was gonna be number one. So then my my goal or my dream to be five years in a row undefeated, uh, I did it. And then here I am now doing movies, so it kinda transitioned my professional uh, competition career into doing movies. All right. So this was, first of all, it was a different time. And now you're talking about being in a different country. Uh, what was the reception like? Were you immediately uh, one of the guys because you had you know, auditioned and you had won them over? Or was it a case of having to 
to prove yourself over and over again? Well, when I went to Hong Kong, um, it was unusual for them to have a white woman <laughs> doing right. a kung fu movie. And in Hong Kong, they're known for, like, really brutal fighting. You really hit hard. You do your mm-hmm. own stunts. You know, there's no, no, like, hey, you're a girl, like, here. So when I first got there, you know, they were just kind of looking at me, like, what's she going to do? And then they gave me this move to do that was really extremely hard. And it was like I had to kick someone, but... They caught my foot, and then I had to jump up with my foot on their stomach and kick them with my other foot. And it took me a while to get it, but I finally got it, and uh, it was a very difficult move to do. And then I had to jump on a wall and do a crescent kick off the wall. And once they saw I did that, their whole attitude changed. They were like, I wasn't treated like with kick gloves on. I was like, wow, yes. She's like one of the guys. She's, you know, she could take it. You know, we could give her, we could throw all this stuff at her. She'll do it. She's strong. She's not going to walk off the set crying or, you know, angry. <laughs> and uh, I think that was my first night on shooting. So from them, I, wow. from that night on, uh, everybody really respected me. And, you know, same here, I respected them that I would trust that whatever they would show me, you know, I, you know, could do. So it was like a mutual thing there. And uh, from that day one, everything was great. I, I talked to one of your colleagues, Richard Norton, uh, and he says the same thing, that uh, one of the things that the Chinese uh, or the Hong Kong film industry really prides themselves on is pushing their actors to their absolute limits. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is so true. Yeah. Now, there aren't much bigger baptisms of fire than being thrown into the Hong Kong film industry like that. What were the biggest challenges that you faced while you were there? I think the biggest challenge was is not too many people spoke English. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like a communication. And I just, I remember, you know, I never really did a film before and people were telling me, you know, well, when they have, like, Americans doing films, it's like your mouth is going and the voice keeps going and, you know, the lip sync isn't, you know, good. So they were like, try to, like, get each line on what you're doing and, you know, say the same exact syllable so you don't have that funny mouth going, you know, with the Chinese <laughs> dubbing. And um, uh, that was the hardest part for me because I never – we didn't have a script. And, I, and they would say, just say anything. And I'd go, what? I'm like, well, can, can I, can you just give me an idea of a sentence? You know, so I think that was like my hardest thing. And then when I was working with the other actors, they would be talking to me and I wouldn't know what they were saying. You know? <laughs> so, um, so I learned a lot of things. I've learned, uh, you know, from shooting like that because everything else is dubbed. Even, you know, the actors' voices are dubbed. It's not your own voice in those movies. That, uh, that was a great learning experience for me because if I was going to mess a lineup it would be like I remember one time I had to say I'm going to fight you and I said I'm going to fight you and I just <laughs> cracked up laughing and everybody's looking at me like what are you laughing for and I was like oh, I just said I'm going to fight you and they're like yeah so <laughs> <laughs> what about the uh, your reception uh, from the Chinese audience did they take to you right away or was it uh, again a case of why is there this little white woman on screen <laughs> Well, you know, the interesting thing is when the first movie came out, Yes, Madam, uh, Dixon Poon, who owned uh, the company and was married to Michelle Yeoh at the time, didn't really publicize me. He didn't really put me on the on the poster. And so they have this thing in Hong Kong called the Midnight Showing, and that's when they really know if a movie is going to be a success or not. And um, I went to that, and I was scared because they were telling me if they don't like it, they'll throw, like, things at the screen and everything. And <laughs> 
so they were shocked when I was the lead also, you know, with Michelle Yeoh, they were really shocked and the fighting and um, there's a scene in Yes, Madam, where I, I do a cartwheel on a stick and I'm doing a split on a wall, vertical, and then uh, fight from there and then come down. And when that came, I had a standing ovation. The whole theater stood up and and, and it was such an amazing moment for me because I was so afraid that, you know, I didn't know how they were going to accept me. And uh, it just did, uh, it, it like broke box office records. So I thought I would just go and do one film. I didn't think I was going to make a whole career of it, but uh, then I got a contract right away, you know, with Golden Harvest to do yeah. three more pictures. So, so, uh, so yeah, I think right from the start they were like, "Who is who is this? Who's this white girl that can fight like this?" <laughs> and they gave you a name. You have a, a Chinese name, Fulak Law. I do. Yes, Fulak. Which kind of sounds like Rothrock, Rothrock. Right, right, right. Now, does it, does that name mean anything? No, I don't think so, because Law is just like a name. Law. I think what they did is they just started to say Roth Rock, and that's how it came out, Lawful Lock. Okay, okay, cool. All right. Well, so after some time in Hong Kong, you brought your talents stateside. Uh, how big uh, a shock culture-wise was it to go from filming Hong Kong style to shooting a Hollywood film? Oh, it was it was uh, a huge difference. I was like, um, the fighting was so different. It was like, I, are you kidding me? I could do this fight thing without patting my arms and my shins up, right? Because <laughs> they didn't hit that hard, right? right. I was so used to it. And I remember, like, when I was doing my first movie, which I think was martial law, you know, they were like, don't hit it so hard. And I'm, like, oh, I'm sorry. And the stuntmen were like, don't hit it so hard. And I'm like, I'm sorry. That's how I was trained to do it. And they're like, no, just... Just pretend you're doing it's acting. You know? <laughs> I was used to them going harder, harder, harder. You right. know? So, so that was that was a big difference. And like you know, like the first movie I did, yes, madam, just the ending fight scene was a month long. You know, and here I am doing a whole movie for three weeks. So right. it was totally, totally different. But you know, when I look at it, I still, even to this day would love to go back and do like a Hong Kong movie or Chinese movie that is like old school like that because to me that's what I, I really love to do and that's where yeah. I you know I, I get really excited watching the films is when I can go back to that that's hardcore and you know speaking of hardcore there's a, a pretty famous story about you weathering an injury that would sideline about 99% of the population can you t can you take us through that story? <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Uh, I was I was in China. I was going with United Studios, and they had quite a lot of people going to test. And one of the guys missed the flight, so he, they only had one seat on the one plane we were going. So he we gave it to him, and me and another instructor we stood back. And as we were getting into uh, the city we were supposed to go, I was sleeping in the back seat, no seatbelts there, and the guy. Uh, drove into the back of a truck that had four by four posts sticking out. So the posts go through the through the windshield, and the car is going. Uh, it's stuck on these things going. And my friend thought the guy got decapitated because when the um, the post came, he put his head to the side, and I got slipped on my back hitting the seat. My friend is pulling me out of the plane. I'm thinking. I'm in an airplane, and I was in an airplane crash because I was sleeping. I didn't know what the heck was going on. Right, right. And, and then this guy from came out of nowhere. He had red Speedos on, little Chinese guy, and he had an umbrella. It was pouring raining, and he takes us into his house. So now I'm thinking, oh, man, I can't breathe. I'm, I'm hurting. But yet we were supposed to be at the Shaolin Temple to perform for the abbot. 
like in the morning, right? Wow. Like at like ten in the morning, and here it's like it, it, it's like um, about three in the morning, right? So finally, they they get an ambulance, they take me to the hospital, and their X-ray machine was very primitive. It was like they put this little metal thing on it, kept falling off. So anyway, they take me up to the room and they go, you know, oh, there's no nothing broken. It's just, uh, you know, injury. So I'm thinking, oh, okay, that's great. You know, I could be okay with that. And then we had a doctor traveling with us. He looked at my x-rays and he said, yeah, it's so light, I can't tell. <laughs> we make it to the Shaolin Temple and I get, I just get my uniform on and I'm all excited because they said, you know, you're one of the first American women to perform for the Abbott. So I'm all excited, right? And then I go to do my form, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't move. I had so much pain. So the doctor starts giving me tons of painkillers, right? So so now I'm going, okay, I don't feel the pain so bad. And I'm thinking, you know, I, oh, I can't do that form that I was going to do, but I'll switch it to a different one because, you know, I was going, oh, something, I just really bruised something bad. So I start performing, and it's pouring rain. Now, you get this. It's pouring rain. I'm performing. The abbot, like, is sitting there, like, it's, you know, covered. And I started, when I started going really hard, the pain was intense. So I just started freaking out. I started doing flips. I started doing splits. I was doing rolls. I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just doing it. And then I got done, and I was kind of in a fog. And, um... The next, so I went back. I went back after that. The next day, I went to get up to train at the Shaolin Temple, and I couldn't even move. The only thing I could do was walk. I could not, no matter. So I'm thinking, all right, I'll just hike these ten days that we're here in China, right? So I come back home on the tenth day, and I'm supposed to take my little daughter to Disney Cruise, and it's in the morning, and we have to be at the airport at four o'clock. Well, I forgot something, so I'm going to get it, and I sneezed while I was driving, and I almost went off a cliff. Ooh. It hurt so bad, so I called my friend, the doctor. He says, come in. Yeah, come in. Let's look at that. And I had four and a half broken ribs. Oh, four and a half broken ribs. Yeah, so I had to cancel the cruise, and he's like, you know, there's really nothing you could do. And he's like, you are lucky because they broke completely um, flat. They weren't jagged. Like, jagged, yeah. Because then he said that could have punctured your lung. Um, so I was like really, really lucky that that happened, but you know, I didn't know that I, I probably would have came home if I knew that, but here I am like hiking every day going, oh yeah, I got a little, I got pain in my chest here, you know. <laughs> Not just hiking, you were flipping and rolling and jumping with four broken ribs. <laughs> I know, because I felt the pain and I just, you know what went through my mind is, oh my gosh, I couldn't think of what I was doing, but I can't stop. I'm doing it from the, for the abbot, so I'm just going to start, I started doing these ground rolls on the, on the, you, I mean, you actually could see it on YouTube if you point in Cynthia Rothrock's solid performance with broken ribs. I think it comes up, you know, but it, it was crazy. It was surreal. It was almost like I had, it was a bad dream, you know, and it, it took quite a while for, and even today, you know, my ribs are lopsided. Like I'll go get, go to a massage or a new chiropractor and they go, oh, your left side of your ribs is higher than your right. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Did they did they really heal like uh, poorly after that? No, they, they they I don't know I don't know what happens, but somehow they they healed. But it must yeah. have you know made them go up a little slightly higher than mm. my other side. I mean, you can't see it. I can't see it, but you know when they're okay. massaging and they're feeling it, they go hmm. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe you get calcium deposits or something. It lifts it up a little. Yeah. Wow, that's insane. That's insane. You haven't slowed down much. At all. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I think I, I, I do more physically and uh, 
fast-paced now than I ever have because not only, you know, I'm still filming and I'm still doing seminars, uh, but I also have a passion for extreme adventure. Wow, that's great. If I'm not working, like I just came back climbing Mount Fuji uh, a couple weeks ago. So, you know, my, my next one is um, uh, I'm going to Antarctica and I'm going to go glacier trekking. And, uh, oh, my God, that's awesome. Nice and, yeah, and, we're, and New Year's Eve, I'll be camping out on the ice where nobody has ever set foot on. So it's like really, you know, I have this other passion. I went from martial arts to extreme adventure. <laughs> wow, that what that's that's got to be some of the most uh, breathtaking scenery that uh, anybody could ever see. Well, I tell you, like I, I think I'm like an adrenaline adrenaline junkie. You know, I like 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 I get afraid of high things, but yet I jump off high cliffs, I rappel down waterfalls. You know, I I trek to Everest Base Camp, which was probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life, and I can't imagine anything else being harder than that. Like dealing with over 19,000 uh, feet of altitude was insane. So you know that overachiever comments just coming back to. <laughs> <laughs> But well, no, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. You also did some damage to your knee at one point, right? That that you weathered without uh, ever getting that fully repaired. Was is that right? That is true. I um I did uh I finished uh Yes Madam and I was about to shoot Millionaires Express and then go right into Writing Wrongs and I was I was back home here in between that time. And I did a jumping hook kick and landed. My knee gave out, right? And I heard a sound, and I was going, oh, that doesn't sound good, and it's full up. And I uh, ripped my anterior crucial ligament, but I never got a fix because at that time, I was still doing movies. And I remember, like, doing um, going over Shanghai Express, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I can't really do it, jump on my right leg and stuff, and Samuel's going to be pissed off at me. And I see Richard Norton, and Richard Norton had a, an infected leg, and he couldn't kick with that leg, and we're both Going, oh my God! We got to Two of his lead actors can't do, can't do some stuff. But um, when I do this movie, Writing Wrongs, or it's also called Above the Law with Ian Bue, I couldn't I couldn't even hardly like kick with it, and I had to do everything left sided, even like like a, a left aerial. I had to do because um, you know that's when I just I just damaged my leg, and uh, I thought, oh, this is gonna look terrible because you know we're all kind of one side dominant and I was totally right. right side dominant but um you know when I look at that film I go okay it looks okay I, even though I had to reverse everything to my bad side you know but uh to this day I still have not gotten it fixed I've had my orthopedic surgeon uh do a test and say we want to know why you could do what you could do you do all this hiking you do all this yeah. and most people knee would give out and they 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 actually sewed these like little electrodes in my leg and was going run and then go backwards and do this and they came back that my hamstrings and quads were so tight that holds my knee in place so um wow. to say, i still have it you know i could kick i could do everything the only thing it hinders me to do is jump on my right leg i could jump two legs but you know i never really wanted to go through the recovery of it you know and take all that time off when i i kind of you know just just have learned to live with it and yeah. you know and and at least um you know i could i could do it like i said jumps on my left side but yeah so that's cut yeah that's kind of you know something too that you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah that conditioning really uh really helped you out there do you consider yourself as having a high pain threshold because that's that's a lot of pain to deal with and still just fight through yeah i i think i do you know because um I don't really pay attention to it, you know, and someone just had this conversation with me the other day because every once in a while, especially I've been wearing like high heels for a long time, 
I mm. start kind of like like limping a little bit, and someone will go to me, "Are you limping?" And I'll go, "No." You know, and what happens is I feel the pain, but I don't, you know, it doesn't recollect in my mind because I just, you know, so I think they said, you have a high threshold of pain. And I was like, yeah, probably because, like, I had a a bone spur on my rotator cuff, and I had to have surgery on that. And I remember the first day I came home from surgery, and he said, try to do the little spiders up the wall. And he goes, you're not going to be able to do it, but try. And I did it, and it hurt so bad I thought I almost passed out. I felt wow. that pain completely, but I was like, I'm not giving up. Those fingers are going to go up the wall, you know. So I think, I think, you know, being a martial artist, you know, we, we've gone through so much beating and pain yeah. that you kind of learn to kind of ignore it or challenge your, you know, change your mind to a, go to a different place, you know. Or you're a superhero. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, you may not be a superhero, but uh, not, you're also uh, an instructor still. Is that true? Yes, I still. Uh, you know, I've been teaching for oh gosh, a long time, and uh, I um, I don't have a school. I think someday I will open up the school again. You know, but probably way down the road uh, because you know you have to be there all the time for that. But right. I do teach a lot of seminars around the world, and and I love doing that because you know teaching is like is like you know another you know, passion that I love to do. And just when I start teaching, something just clicks in and takes over and I totally become, you know, the instructor. And you're also still acting. We talked briefly about uh, The Martial Arts Kid, which you, you did with Don Wilson, uh, a, a longtime colleague of yours. Uh, Family-friendly, great positive message. Uh, I love the the real grounded martial arts that the, the movie focuses on. What got you involved with that film? Well, uh, you know, James told me he wanted to do a family picture. And uh, at that time, you know, I was a mom, so I was like, I'd love to do a family picture. You know, because I used to, when my daughter was little, we used to watch all these cartoons, and I wanted to do a cartoon show <laughs> on Martin yeah. Mars, you know, cool. because I just got, you know, I had to watch them with her all the time. And I said, oh, I would love it. And he's going, well, how about you play a mom because you've never played a mom? And I was going, yeah, absolutely. I can relate to that now, you know. And um, so he just said, you know, I want to do this um, movie that has a good message for people. And I was totally, like, right on board with it. So, uh, you know, I, I love it because most of our movies aren't, aren't, like, you know, PG children friendly. <laughs> right, right. Well, speaking of that, what do you think of the state of martial arts in film today? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Or is it a mix of both? I'm a martial artist, so it's a good thing. Uh, I, you know, I always came from a different point. I remember, um, you know, I almost did a TV series with CBS, and that was in the 90s, and that was like, violence on TV is no good, and the the director kept getting notes, don't let her kick to the head, no blood. And he's going, are you kidding me? I have this woman that can kick way over anybody's head, and she can't kick to the head. So, so, you know, I always thought that was stupid because, uh, you know, Martial martial arts, I I think it gets people when they see that, they want to be like people like that and fight them, you know, and then they get into a martial arts school and they learn the discipline and they learn that, you know, it's all good. Uh, 
sometimes I, uh, some of the movies, I, I, I don't like the action because it, to me, it has to be realistic. It, it can't be stupid. Like someone could be doing like all these flips and then their foot is in the wrong position. And I'll go, oh, I can't watch this movie. <laughs> you know, or they're, punch, they're punching and their fist is wrong. You know, there's techniques not there. Or, you know, like they have someone that's an actor that's not a martial artist and they have a stunt person doing it. But when they come in, things just aren't right. So uh, that's the only problem I have is when, when the action isn't, isn't good. And, you know, maybe the average person that isn't a martial artist, they could go, oh, yeah, that was great. But, you know, I'm always, like, nitpicky. Uh, sure. And action pictures are probably the least thing I go see because, because it has to be so good. But the ones that, that I really like out there, you know, that have the, the really good action that I've seen, you know, I, I think is great, you know. So to say to a, a martial artist has been doing that all their life, what, do you think it's a good thing? It's like, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> good. No, good. That's good. I agree. I, I think there's some great martial arts entertainment out there. Uh, I, I think there's also some really garbage uh, martial arts uh, out there. But um, anything that uh, adds to that fabric of martial arts representation in the entertainment field I think is a good thing and I and I like that we've broadened it to you know not just kung fu but now you've got uh uh penchak salat and all these other styles are coming into the uh to the spotlight as well which I think is great for just just the genre in general but what about female martial artists being represented in the martial arts action film genre you were the the pioneer you were the the first american hong kong cinema what about today are there female martial artists out there that uh, you can point to and say these girls are, are the next Cynthia Rothrock or, or the next to, to carry that torch and, and, and bring it into a, a new age? You know, it's, it's, it's hard. We've always had, um, you know, like when I was doing movies, it was like for when I came back to the United States, it's like, well, you can't be the lead because, you know, you're a girl and guys sell, you know. And yeah. I think we're still deal- dealing with that. There's not a whole lot of women martial artists doing movies, even since when I was doing it, you know, and and I think, uh, number one, either, you know, they weren't that good in the martial arts, you know, or, or, not, or something didn't work, you know, and it doesn't work, and, like, maybe one works, one doesn't, and then it's kind of like when one doesn't work, it's like, oh, women women don't sell, you know, the martial arts, and, and I think it's still, we're still in that era, especially, you know, even women actors that don't do martial arts, you know, they're always saying that, you know, you know, there's more roles for the men, they get paid more, da 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 da, right? Well, it's even less for women action stars because there's really not a whole lot, right. lot out there going going on, you know. And um, to me, I I just think you know you're you're either good or you're not. You know, it doesn't matter what age you are, you know. And right. you know, if you have to drive the passion, the the technique, the look you know, the spirit, then, you know, you, you, you will excel if you keep pushing and keep, you know, going after doing films, you know. And uh, I think it's, it's a very, probably one of the hardest jobs someone could get is, like, a female want, being in a, a lead in an action movie. Yeah. If you had the budget and the uh, resources, what would you bring to the screen to further that, female martial arts representation well i'll tell you what i am planning on doing is i'm uh i'm doing a documentary on my life and um i'm gonna probably you know i'm in, in get it, trying to get raised the funds now for it and i think uh 
it, it's going to be good because it's going to go back from when women weren't really involved in martial arts, like where people would say to me, oh, can you do martial arts with lipstick on? And I'd be, uh, yeah, why not? You know, <laughs> like, what does that have to do with it? Yeah, you know, going, through, going through those barriers and being in motivation, you know, for women, uh, it's very, very powerful for women, you know, to, to, you know, go after your dreams. Like I had to compete against the men in weapons in 1982. I was the first uh, first woman to ever win number one for the whole year, you know, in in a men's division, you know. Wow. So I think it's going to be inspirational and motivational, and it's going to be funny and quirky, and um, because that's how I view myself, so that's how I wanted to come out. And I'm hoping that it does inspire and motivate uh, women to, you know, not give up and to really strive. Uh, you know, for what they want to be, no matter what obstacles are in the way, you know, just uh, eat them. <laughs> like my friend, Dr. Bob says, eat your obstacles like cookies. <laughs> nice, nice. And uh, I don't think you have any issue uh, inspiring people, <laughs> especially women. Um, and I'm, I'm sensitive to that now as a dad. I have three daughters, so I want them to have, you know, the female role models to look up to and if they happen to be martial artists all the better which is great but um so they're familiar with with you as a female martial artist pioneer in the uh, industry um and then they also have um newer faces that are martial artists as well that um they they look up to and they're they're, they're taking martial arts with me now uh hopefully they never need to use it but at least they have it and uh i think it it definitely builds character and i see it in in the confidence that they show so First of all, thank you to, you know, what you brought to the whole genre and to the uh, the whole martial arts scene because uh, it's important and it's a, it's a great legacy to have. Does that ever kind of overwhelm you when you think of what you've brought to the scene? No, you know, it, it, it doesn't because it's weird. In my mind, I still haven't – I still have a lot to do, a lot to conquer, um, you know. I still, you know – Someday I'm going to be in an A-rated movie. You know, I still have all this, so I don't look like, wow, look at all I've done. It's, look, it's more like, wow, look at all I'm going to do, <laughs> you know? Right, that's great. So, yeah, so I, I kind of, like, think on those lines instead of, you know, you've done this, you've done that, because like, I don't even, like, really think about it. I just, you know, keep moving forward, and I'm looking forward to the future. So I do, you just... just Try to do the best you can at what you want to do, and that's like a motto. You know, because I'll get I'll get like an award, like you know, lifetime achievement award. And I'm going, geez, I feel like I'm just starting, and I got a lifetime achievement award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, then, uh, what comes next then for you? What What's in the pipeline uh, aside from the documentary, which you you mentioned already? What else do you have going on? Well, um, I am teaming up with uh, Dave Shelton, who is. Um, a writer he wrote for Everybody Loves Raymond. Uh, he, he was the head writer for National Lampoon. Obviously, he's funny, so I like funny. And he just wrote a, a pilot for me, so we're hoping uh, to get that off pretty soon. I have a horror movie that I'm going to be doing. Um, oh, again, cool. once I get the funding, and that is something, like, really cool because I, I like horror genre. And I've never done a horror movie, you know, using action. So I'm really excited about that. There's a sci-fi movie that hopefully they, you know, that they cast me in, that they'll get that together. And then um, uh, Don Lee Films have just cast me for the lead in this movie, Vendetta Vet, which is uh, a really a good female action role. There's a lot of uh, female fighters that are going to be in that. So I have a lot of things, a lot of things uh, up, up and coming. Um, so I'm sure next year is going to be like really, really good. 
That's uh, awesome. For, for film. For film. That's and great. I did, and then after I did The Martial Art Kid, I did a comedy with uh, Sean Stone, Oliver Stone's son, called Answer the Fist, which is kind of a very wacky, wacky <laughs> comedy on martial arts in the 80s. So, like, uh, you know, cool. so, so that was good. That was like my first step into being very comedic in the film. <laughs> awesome. So you've got a lot of film work coming up. You're going to be trekking all the way around the world. <laughs> you also have a YouTube channel that you uh, populate. Yes, I do. It's Cynthia Rothrock Channel. And uh, you get, like, all kinds of stuff there. Uh, my partner is Michael Masuda, and he runs the Martial Art History Museum. So we are are doing it together and um, just hope everybody subscribes to it and watches it. And uh, hopefully we want to get monetized so, you know, the profits could go to the Martial Art History Museum, which is a nonprofit. Yep. Uh, Michael Matsuda was a guest on my show, and uh, I am subscribed to the channel. Guys, go out there. Cynthia posts so much stuff up there, so much great stuff, so go check it out. But uh, what other socials? Give us all of the uh, places where the fans can follow along with all of your adventures. Well, uh, I'm on Facebook. I have uh, the one page, and then, I mean, there's so, there's so many Cynthia Rothrocks on there. Someone just called there me, are, and yeah. they said, I can't find you. There's a hundred of them. And I said, are you, no. I said, you're kidding me, right? And then I looked, and I saw that about at least a hundred are women in Africa that name themselves Cynthia Rothrocks. <laughs> So it's really hard to find me, but I guess, you know, uh, if you look at the pictures, there's out, I usually post a picture almost every day or something. So, okay. uh, and it's, um, I think, uh, uh, I'm, I'm trying to, I, you know, I always change the time, the, the, the main photo, the cover photo, but the little photo is I have a long blue dress on and I'm yeah. doing like a tiger claw position. That's my main page and it's full, but, uh, I keep everything public and I do try to answer people as much as I can. And, uh, you know, I keep pretty focused on that. I have an Instagram, and that's, um, uh, I think it's under Rothrock Online. I don't know. Instagram is crazy because I changed my phone, and I lost my one where I had over 20,000 followers on. And I lost it. I had to start back over from one. So I don't even know which one it is now, you know. They keep, I have to keep changing my name and can't use my name, but I have that. Um, and I guess, yeah, the, I guess the best way for people to really, you know, stay in touch or watch is, is my Facebook page or uh, Cynthia Rothbard channel uh, on YouTube. Okay, excellent. And just in case, I will post links to all of Cynthia's uh, socials in the show notes so that you can follow the right pages and the right uh, uh, Instagram profile. <laughs> Not some woman in Africa named Cynthia Rothrock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or some guy in Romania that's Cynthia Rothrock. Really? Is is it really? Yeah, I didn't make that up. Wow, that's awesome. I'll have to find that guy and interview him too. <laughs> <laughs> Cynthia, thank you so much for taking some time out. Uh, you are and continue to be an inspiration to, to many martial arts fans and to uh, just to fans in general. So best of luck with everything that you have going on. We will be following closely on all of your adventures. And uh, thank you so much for, again for taking some time out to talk with me. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you. So, can I just say wow? I mean, I remember crushing hard on China O'Brien, so I just had a chat with the one and only Cynthia Rothrock. Pretty cool. Much thanks to Cynthia for setting aside some time to talk with me. And if you paid attention, it is not easy to get the woman to slow down because I think she only operates on two speeds. Go and go faster. But you can try to keep up with her on all her socials, and they will all be posted in the show notes. So check her out also in the Martial Arts Kid from James Wilson and Traditions Entertainment, and watch for the Martial Arts Kid 2, which should be moving into production soon. 
In the meantime, come visit me on all my socials as well. And if you're on Twitter, pay a visit to the Castaways hashtag to check out some of my fellow indie podcasters who cover everything from B-movies to Bigfoot and everything in between. Until next time, Poison Clan. Peace. Poison Clan rocks the world. Shouting monks on the hands, running down the thousand stairs. The fate of Lee Khan now's in King Yu's hands. With the fearless idea of roaming over the lands. Yeah, the little bit soldier is older and wiser. He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight. Yo, got the venom mob laying down the law. Bruce Lee delivered kicks, guaranteed to great jars. Fight for the cars, then pass here. The pass, not the end back kicks will defeat the outlaws. Very good, but boards don't hit back. Yeah, the death jewels here, David D is coming back. The Tai Chi master, Jet Li's even faster. Could chat a little drink because he is the drunken master. Once upon a time in China, Rosamund Kwan is real fine, but see Maggie Chung is finer. Golden Swallow has arrived. Shang Chi movies will the hero will survive. We've got the brave archer make his way to the top of the mountain, gonna fight, may as well pick the spot. Yeah, the sky goes black, cut the vampires back. We've got Lam Ching to kill them all, so stand back. He plays the black magic on the soul of the sword, and our sword will travel until his body's on floors. Yeah, Wing Chun Shaol in the mantis style. Yeah, the Feed the enemy and watch him run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary pops Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claw See it's a game of death yo You're facing the big boss It's once upon a time in China counting the TikTok The Shogun assassin slashing blood of just drip drop The head kick, neck drop, balance the bone stop Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins He's got Irma just in yellow But she is in the dragon but in the tea rooms That's where it'll happen She got the bodies on the floor When the blood it'll splatter against the wall No fear at all, to kill them all There's always blood spilled when you head into a war Fearless Unleashed. The fist of legend that the car Jet Lee I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumble in the streets And it's simple, see the facts are these It's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee Welcome to the tea house, many for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war To smash the place so with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, many for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk